Available on all podcast platforms. This is the Psychology Cast, the podcast that interviews unique individuals on why they do what they do. Welcome to Psychology Cast. This podcast, we're talking about journey into psychology, much like the, all the other guests, we're talking about what, why did they do this route and why did they choose this career path i've always been fascinated about other people's journey as you know by talking to other guests because it helps me processing my own journey like why did i choose psychology why did i invest in this field why did i spend money time and effort um to understand that question i think to understand any question you need to look at other people's example and when we look at other people's example when we interact with them we have a better idea about the journey that we've been on. So listen to this conversation. I'm going to have you welcome introduced to Essay, who is someone who, I don't know, for me, is quite uh, making some waves in psychology in terms of like the work that she's doing. <laughs> um, she has her own YouTube channel. Uh, I've never seen anything like that before, um, especially coming from like, um, an, an ethnic minority um, so I found that very very aspirational thinking okay I, I, I probably would have watched her stuff uh, years ago if I had discovered her um, and plus especially from when I was an undergrad student if I came across her profile I would have watched all these videos so if you do have time um, on the pop over then have a look at her channel um, talking about the whole psychology life after degree what to do and what life is like um, currently as a as an uh, undergraduate in psychology and a master's in, in psychology. So welcome, Essie, how are you? I'm good. Hi. Um, thank you for hosting me on today's podcast. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I was going to say like, um, I was a bit of a long, long introduction. Um, I was just thinking like all those things actually, yeah. Um, I would probably would have watched your videos if it was around 10 years ago, because 11 years ago when I graduated in psychology, um, that your content is very, very like real. It's calm. It's cool. I feel relaxed. You're not shouting your head off. You know, all, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I think, I think it's, it's, it's very relatable. That's what I'm saying, I suppose. Well, uh, you know, you. especially when people might be feeling a bit low or feeling a bit like, you know, isolated you know, it's very like calm and soothing. And I think um, one of the questions is, why did you want to do this type? So why do you, why do you do it? Like, why do you bother posting these types of video? Um, I think it started off with my interest in vlogging in general. I used to love watching family vlogs, but I was 12. I couldn't start my own family <laughs> and make this kind of videos. Of course, <laughs> that would be extraordinary, wouldn't it? <laughs> Imagine, I get a lot, of, <laughs> yeah. a lot of subscribers and views over that. Um, but yeah, it started off with me just loving, you know, family vlog channels and um, kind of liking the relatability of, you know, the way vlogging works compared to TV. It's like, oh, you know, someone literally just picked up a camera and recorded their life. Um, and then, you know, searching more and more deeper into YouTube, I found that there were 
a series of students who would vlog and they would vlog their journey into medicine. And it's a very, very big thing, um, especially, you know, in the USA, but then also increasingly in the UK, you know, different students vlogging how they got into medicine, how they got through medicine. Um, and towards that time, I must have been, you know, an older teenager. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my career and all that stuff. Um, and yes, for a long time, I did think about medicine. I thought about psychiatry just because I love, um, I love the mind. It's, you know, one of my most interesting, most interesting parts of the, the, the body for me. Um, and eventually I came to realize that medicine would not be for me, you know? So I was like, what am I going to do? Um, started A-levels, began psychology A-level absolutely fell in love with this subject I never felt this way about a subject before it was so weird um, I was like wow this has got my my personality written all over it. I really like the way you get to analyze people using this subject you know um, so I thought okay let me hop onto YouTube and look for someone who vlogs their journey through a career in psychology and I found absolutely nothing <laughs> I found zero nothing not much um if I did find anything it would be perhaps content from someone who was already qualified and you know it was just a video or two it wasn't like a whole YouTube channel where you see their career journey um and things like that so that left me a bit disappointed I was wondering you know why does medicine and even law and other you know professions out there have loads of people documenting their life online about their journey um, and, you know, kind of supporting people to feel like you can do it too. You know, if I can do it, you can do it. This is how I've done it. You know, here are some tips and advice. Me not finding that with psychology was something that was quite disheartening a few years ago. Um, of course, things are a little bit different now. There are quite a few people who um, post content on YouTube and especially on Instagram about their careers through psychology, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but um, at that point, I can't remember exactly how old I was. Um, this, this was during A-levels for me. Um, I decided that, okay, instead of just making YouTube videos about absolutely anything, because I used to do that, you know, vlogs about my life and nothing in particular. I used to vlog about makeup at one point because I thought that, you know, if I'm a girl, then that's what I'm meant to do on YouTube, but obviously not. Um, so I decided, okay, I want to focus on psychology and I call myself the Mind Muse. Um, and I even started an Instagram page linked to that. I think this was around August, 2018 or so. Um, and- What was that called, Mind Muse? The Mind Muse, that's what I used to call myself, yeah. Whereas now my channel is called Essay Canayo because I'm trying to be a bit broader than, you know, only talking about psychology, um, which I'm still working on. But yeah, back then it was the Mind Muse. And I would just, anytime I go to a psychology event or learn something in school, at university, I would sit down, make a video about what I learned at that event because I felt like there's so many people like me and younger than me who want to be a psychologist of, you know, some sort maybe clinical psychologist, and they have never been to this event. So how would they know, you know, what the roadmap would be like roughly of, you know, how to get into different professions in psychology, except that they know a clinical psychologist and educational psychologist personally. Um, and of course that does feed into, you know, barriers within the field of, you know, how people from different backgrounds can actually, you know, make their way through and figure out how to get into psychology. That's something that, I've 
I'm very passionate about making sure that different people, no matter where you're from and no matter what you do, um, feel like, you know, you can make it through psychology too. There will be barriers, there will be things that are difficult and I want to be as raw and honest about my experience. Um, I'm hoping that my story doesn't end sad. <laughs> like, okay, I couldn't do it. Well, let's just do something else. Um, but I hope to inspire people um, through my journey and stuff like that. So yeah, that was the main reason behind why I, I, I decided to do, to hop onto YouTube and, you know, use that as a platform to document my career journey. And I thank you for sharing that. I, I, I think, um, I, I think, you're right you know there isn't much um, um people documenting their own journeys from psychology like you know from start to end i suppose well you know i'm sure it's going to be a great end you know and there'll be no end in that sense <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's an exciting time for the discipline of psychology absolutely because it needs um you know variation it needs uh, creativity you know um, the the world is adapting not just through you know um the population demographics but more more you know if you think about the way we've been connected more uh in a virtual platform um you know i think in the last 12 months has shown that we can connect with like so many different things we don't we're not isolated anymore um and you know that's basically going back to technology um so you know i think it's a ex very exciting time in terms of climate change um and definitely um uh, the technology aspect of it because i think if the population is growing and stuff right um yeah. you're going to need less less movement because you know we need to cross less harm and that so we need to be more connected so how do we do that as technology comes in and when we do that our thinking and you know the way we see things see the world through interaction with other people will change the way we do things so yeah it's an exciting time i I think to myself, like, so you wanted to go into medicine. There's something interesting you said there. You wanted to medicine in the beginning. Mm -hmm. To, I suppose for me, it's like, why did you even, you know, medicine? I presume you wanted to help people. That's the reason why you wanted to do that thing. Mm -hmm. Why do you, for me, it goes back to that first question, uh, earliest thought around why do you want to help people like what what was the first age did you think mm, I, I would like to help people one day is it something was in school when was it for you was it like your family or was it like when do you think that thought came in for you like do you know what i would like to help people one day and i want to do medicine i don't think it was ever a conscious thought mm. i don't think i ever consciously thought whatever career path i choose it must involve helping people I think, because obviously, you know, you're quite young when you you start thinking about these things and with the way British education works is once you get to A-levels, you have to narrow down your subject so much, it kind of forces you to think, okay, what are you going to do and start panicking kind of. Um, yeah, I don't think it was ever a conscious thought that I, I had. I think it was just sat in a psychology lesson and... I felt something, which sounds so like cliche. Um, I felt like it really resonated with me. And there was just like a, a deeper sense of uh, happiness associated with the idea in my head of, you know, what it would mean to do some kind of profession in healthcare or care in general. Um, and of course, you know, at that time I was doing research on Google, trying to figure out, you know, well, what is this thing that people call, call clinical psychology and, you know, 
um, trying to wrap my head around it. Um, so yeah, I think that was what led me into wanting to do a profession where it involves helping people, just the deeper sense of fulfillment that I get with the idea of doing um, a profession in healthcare. It's interesting, yeah. I know you mean the happiness as like you find peace or you find a direction or you just think, yes, I yeah. listen to an idea and it gives you brings you something, isn't it? Like, this is what I want to do. Um, and a lot of people struggle with that in that sense, like, because, you know, we don't know what to do and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's the uncertainty. Um, yeah. Some people have... don't feel that way about specific things, but me having that experience I interpreted it as a maybe this is like a, a deeper calling in life a life purpose and just kind of went with it but yeah did you do that I mean I'm just thinking about like you know when when did you first come across um, science because um, science is, is about doing this type of work I mean psychology psychology is a science yeah. um, you know, well, it depends where you're doing your degree from, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe doing a BSc, MSc is a science, yeah. it's an art, but um, it's a Bachelor of Arts, isn't it? But um, yeah, I I think, um, when did you start thinking about science then? Like, um, like when you were when you were a small child, did you think that, you know, cause and effect, this happens and that happens? Um, is this something you were, you'd ever think that you're ever going to go into? Do you know what? I'm going to be sitting in a room um, or I'm going to be doing videos by talking about complex concepts and explaining to the public. That's what you're doing, isn't it? Through your YouTube video, explaining That's science. Cool. You're explaining yeah. science essentially. Yeah, science. So you know, when did I start thinking about science? That's a really good question because um, now this is the first time that I'm consciously thinking. Okay, I say why? Why did it have to be science? Um, from what I can remember. Perhaps it stems from cultural attitudes to different career paths. Mm. You know, I'm of Nigerian descent, West African descent, and there's, you know, a stereotype of, you know, if you want to make your parents proud, and I'm sure people from Asian backgrounds can relate with this as well. If you want to make your parents proud, you better be working on becoming an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. Your fourth option is a disappointment. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, fifth know, option, and the fifth option, you get a smack. The fifth option is a smack. So, you know, you decide. Yeah. Those are four options. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the weird thing is, I do not have parents that think that way. Mm. Never once in my life have my parents actually forced me to do science. So I do think it's just something I carried with me because I knew that, okay, culturally speaking, this is what makes parents happy and excited. And maybe it rubbed off on me and I felt like, oh, you know, if I do something in science then that'll be um, really good and considered a really good career path. And then of course, you think about science, you straight away think about medicine, you know, as one of those uh, career options. And obviously with age you realize whether or not medicine is for you and for most people medicine is not for you <laughs> no matter how hard you try and force it you know it was a bit too uh, focusing on very specific parts of the body um, that kind of thing the heavy biology focus didn't work for me um, and now increasingly I've learned that I'm actually very squirmish so um, even though I used to say that I wasn't squirmish I think there's a few things I don't I don't like so certain practical things didn't work and um, looked into different branches of medicine mm. and obviously came up psychiatry 
Um, and with psychiatry, okay, that's got a more, you know, mental health focus. So I was thinking, okay, yeah, I'll still, I'll still do medicine and then I'll just branch off into psychiatry. And then I, you know, did some more research, realized that, okay, that's a good idea, but to become a psychiatrist, you still have to go through five or six years of medical school. You have to learn about all parts of the body, you know, um, and then, only then, can you apply to specialise in psychiatry. So that's a long-winded path. Um, and during the time I was thinking about this, I had the best friend who, she's actually in medical school now, and she's known, she's one of those people, she's always said, I've always known I want to be a doctor. And, it, you know, she's, she, there's like a picture of her, like when she's like two years old, playing with like things that doctors play like use like the stethoscope and things like that so she was telling me essay you know you do realize that you've got to study the lungs you've got to study all these things unrelated to mental health before you can ever think about psychiatry you know like that is a specific branch of medicine so eventually that idea shut down and I was thinking okay if not psychiatry then what and then came psychology so it was that kind of long-winded path through, first of all, thinking culturally about science and how it's revered, you know, within African culture to medicine, and then through psychiatry into psychology. That's kind of how I thought, okay, maybe, maybe science and specifically psychology is something that might work for me. Psychology is a little bit less, you know, I don't have to study the lungs to eventually specialize in something mental health related. I can just go straight in and you know, I really, I really like that. So it works for me. I think it's fascinating what you're saying. Um, yeah, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't know that that's what was going through your, your thought processes. Um, and you're right. Yeah. We don't need to study, you know, um, a, a specific part of the body to understand the mind. Um, for us, I think we, I think I, I, I think it's it, it, it's the frame of thought, isn't it? The frame of thinking, you know. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm before I used to basically take on everything what people are saying. Now I'm a bit more like, okay, I take it on a, a review, you know, critical thinking, critical analysis um, that comes apart through your training and stuff, you know. Um, and I don't, I think to understand the body, you must understand the mind. We must understand the mind first before we understand the body. You know, what's yeah, controlling yeah. the body is the mind. You know, it's not the other way around. I mean, yeah, I think it's important to understand the body. But I, I but then again, maybe because I'm from this field of psych, psychology. But I think, you know, because, you know, when we like, I don't know, when we have pain or something or when we eat, when we feel all these things, something that we're doing that's causing that isn't it? And that comes from somewhere. It's not coming yeah. from the organ. It's coming from here, which is there. But that's, I suppose it's the relays and the organ is telling your mind, oh, by the way, you know, with you're feeling a bit, what's the word, in pain or whatever. Um, so I think the key thing is it's, yeah, it's it's a frame of thinking, isn't it? It's interesting to, to, to see how... Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I can understand you're probably thinking from, you know, like a health psychology kind of point of view, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I only I only even learned what health psychology was after knowing what clinical psychology was. And so for me, I think about things in reverse. It's like I started off with the mind because the interest was there. And now I'm learning that. Well, actually, 
you know, these things are interchangeable, your physical health and mental health, they, they are actually integrated, even though the system may not integrate it properly, they are, you know, so yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what I I mean, why I'm learning more and more. I think um, about social engineering. You know, um, how conditions are created to for us to to have you know health, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. I call it living, um, if anything, um, because connected to so many different things. Um, you doing your masters, right? Um, yeah, um, you know, just trying to touch up on that point. Yeah, I did that too. I, I, the only way I came into um, health psychology um, is through clinical psychology. Well, mm. I got to know about it because I realized how clinical psychology for me, yeah, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't for me in that sense. Like I looked at it and I thought to myself, okay, you know, it's very competitive, hard to get into all those things. And I just thought, what what can I do? What else can I do? Um, and I would not have discovered health psychology without clinical psychology, you know. So I totally get that. What you just said earlier. Um, what you after your undergrad, right? Yeah. Um, before you come into the master that you're doing, um, after your undergrad, right? What did you What did you do? Like, what were you thinking? Did you know exactly? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a master's, or did you think? Mm, I'm not too sure. Like, what was going through your mind after you graduated? That's a good question. So, um, I was actually thinking about what I would do after I graduated during my undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because I think it was the summer before my final year of u- university, the undergrad, um, I was shadowing a clinical psychologist at a charity I was doing, you know, a bank position in. And she was explaining to me how, you know, she's been shortlisting candidates for assistant psychology posts for years. And I explained to her, you know, I have a real interest in clinical psychology. Um, And she explained to me how, you know, a master's is going to give you a great advantage. And she was explaining to me how, you know, if you want to do a master's as well, don't just pick any old master's, preferably if it has a placement, all these different things. And... I had a very difficult time with that information because at the same time I was listening to um, Instagram stories and videos from, I don't know if you know, Dr. Becky Spellman. She's a counseling psychologist and yeah, she at the private ther- therapy clinic, I think that's what it's called. Um, and there's a few videos that she does on YouTube and she's also on Instagram, she's quite active on Instagram. And I remember asking her um, some questions about, um, you know, how to get into um, a doctorate in psychology. And she made a video about, a brief video on Instagram about how you do not need a master's. And, you know, it's a contested thing. So eventually I decided, okay, Um, A master's would be a great opportunity for me to tick off certain things if I, you know, want to practically try and go for clinical psychology. It would help me with developing my research skills beyond undergraduate level. A placement would be a great opportunity. So by the time I graduated, I had already applied for a master's degree and I'd already received an offer. um, And that is for the course I'm doing now, Early Intervention Psychosis at King's College London. Um, 
of course I've not finished the degree yet and I'm doing it part-time over two years I have no idea whether the way I thought about it is good for me um, um, and I definitely wouldn't go so far as to say everybody should do what I'm doing because I appreciate that your journey into a career in psychology is different for every person you know there's no single story um, but yeah that's roughly what I was thinking you know after I, I graduated I was like okay in September I'm gonna start um, doing this master's degree but then I also didn't think about work or employment at all and around me all my course mates quite a few of them um, had jobs lined up and I was thinking oh wait a minute yeah money that's something people think about after they graduate <laughs> which is good because then you can tell I'm really not doing this for the money no, um, sure. really, I'm really not doing this for the money. Mm. Um, uh, I don't. I don't think anybody would survive if they're trying to pursue psychology purely for the money. No, <laughs> no that would be you know, that would be extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't. Work. Uh, no comment. Um, Especially yeah. with one percent pay rise. <laughs> oh yeah, one percent pay rise is not looking too nice. But just can't believe yeah. that. Yeah, no, no comment. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. So I was like, okay, um, let me also apply for a job. And honestly, I wouldn't, <laughs> I then started applying for full-time jobs, knowing that I'd also applied for a full-time degree, a very messy situation I found myself in. Um, and I eventually landed, a, uh, got a job offer for a full-time job as a support worker, which is what I'm doing now. Um, and I thought to myself, wow, I say you really, You've really done one of the stupidest things you can do. <laughs> like, what? How, how are you practically gonna, you know, balance a full-time job and a full-time degree? That's not possible. So I contacted my university and I told them I wanted to do my degree part-time over two years. Um, and yeah, that that became the plan, the unfolding plan of what I would do after I graduated. And, and just remind the no, I, I, um, just remind the audience the masters in. Um, early intervention in psychosis so that's about um, understanding different types of psychotic disorders how it's treated within the NHS and then having like a clinical application um, through a placement so it does offer NHS placement to students as well um, but what's the word um, as an MSc yes yeah um, no I mean I just think that you know the journey um, that you're describing here is it's really insightful especially to people listening in about like okay you know what there's not just a, a one way to carve your your life situation your career situation psychology is an example of like you know what you're doing your thought process and your logic to actually is to say it's okay to make your own mind up about how you want to do things and adapt and change and that example of you know the employment thing um you know negotiating um what suits you isn't it yeah that's true. Um, yeah, I, I think I think support work, and I've spoken to a few others around the support work, you know, and it seems to be like a very much a, um, a part of the journey. I did support work um, when I finished for a long time, actually, and um, it it helps you develop those really. Um, foundation skills, if you like, you know, interacting and really understand what the issues are um, and basic 
communication skills um, and we call them basic but it's a really skilled piece of work like not everyone can do it I've seen people left the profession um, not people have it's not it's not some, some people it's not their thing you know um, even working in academia like you, know, you realize that some of the academics is they stayed away from that kind of thing and I think doing that type of work one-to-one level intervention work you know practice work basically applied work it's um it's an art form like it's never easy what yeah what 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 bits do you find challenging um about support work oh where do we... <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's bring out the list all right you know i can see <laughs> i'm joking um it, it's not an it's not easy bad, yeah. it's yeah. not an easy job and it is not for the faint of heart i'm in a position that has a very high staff turnover the person before me left after like six or seven months it is not easy at all um and increasingly i'm realizing how so um i think one of the most challenging things i found initially was how to deal with people who can say you know rude things about you or not treat you in a very nice way. I think I grew up quite cocooned. I had not experienced certain types of uh, abuse before, like verbal abuse. That's not, it's, it wasn't in my bubble of life growing up. So moving into this, this role um, and experiencing that on a number of different occasions was very difficult for me at, at first. Was that by um, staff or patients? <laughs> 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 no, mate. You know, I'm gonna yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Isn't it? I mean, I think we hopefully, hopefully we have good standards in in, in the working working conditions, but you never know. Today's today's time, isn't it? But I'm, I, mean, I assume it's patience. You mean, yeah? Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't clarify. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anyone's listening in from your employer, like, okay, yes. Yeah. It wasn't my staff. Yeah. I actually have very, very good team, very good management, and that's what is a big part of why I feel supported in my job. Um, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't from staff. Um, it would be some of the residents, and um, it was tough getting called the, the C word that day. I, I didn't like that. <laughs> um, yeah, wow. Yeah. But um, very quickly, I learned that you know you can't take it personally. Some people do things and they behave in certain ways because that's all that has been shown to them that's the way other people have managed their emotions in their life um these people have been through a very different childhood to me they've experienced a lot of childhood uh, trauma and stuff that i have not experienced so i can't expect people to behave the same way i would behave and manage situations the same way i would because you don't have the same there's this in this respect, I have a certain privilege that they don't have, which is um, good role models when you're growing up of, you know, how to, you know, respect people, how to talk to people, how to work through problems and challenges and things like that. And um, yeah, so that was one of the first most challenging things I experienced. And leading on to the next thing, um, one of the next challenges I find with my role is the level of responsibility and I'm not sure that other people with support worker positions would feel the same. For me, this is quite a challenge because it's my first full-time job. I've never had a full-time job before. And quite frankly, sometimes I can be a hot, fresh idiot. 
<laughs> like I just I could be quite a dopey person like um not I've never managed the caseload that I'm managing now I have 10 clients 10 people that I key work and you know you've got to keep up not just with their mental well-being even though that's mm. a particular interest of mine how are their finances how's their physical health all these different things that I you know um a lot of the time I'm learning for the first time on the job um, but as I kind of briefly mentioned before, one thing that really helps me get through, you know, for me, what feels like a, a massive caseload um, is support from management. Um, they kind of recognize that, okay, it's a big caseload for me and, you know, it's a tough job. And, you know, if I don't understand something, they're very approachable. I can just ask um, if it wasn't the case. I feel like I would be one of the people that would 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 leave after like two weeks. Some people have done it. You know, they come in and they come right out. They say, no, this is not for me. So yeah, those would probably be the two um, biggest challenges for me is the, the level of responsibility and the caseload. And then also learning to develop a thicker skin by being more empathetic towards people's past experiences and the fact that people have not, um, you know, had the same experiences as you. I mean, I just want to say, like, you know, I was just reflecting on what you what you were saying. Like, I, I think, you know, just by listening to you in the last few, um, since we started the podcast, especially in the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes, talking about what you do, um, I'd want to be supported by you if I was in trouble or if I needed help, you know. I, I you mean, like, there's that real compassionate, connected humanness about your what you're saying. And I think that is really, really you know, what's needed in the profession to say, you know what, you know, makes me feel respected, make me feel valued. I was just looking at thinking, wow, you're making me feel valued about, you know, um, seeing me as a, if, if I was in that position, looking after, making sure that you're giving me, you know, dignity in that sense. Like I'm still a person at the end of the day, you know, rather than, yeah, I see what you mean. And, you know, what you're saying about, you know, but the whole personal thing, it's not personal, you know, it's the way you know so that's really compassionate understanding comprehension and you know that's why i can say why they've definitely took you on like why you're doing this job and why they are very lucky to have you and also why you might have the psychological what's the word resilience to stay in that sort of setting because a lot of, like you said like you said there's a big staff turnover in these sort of places isn't there yes Definitely. People what do you think that is? Um, I think people, because you know, there's this uh, stereotype that support worker jobs, even within you know the field of psychology, people know that okay, you can start off with a support worker job and move on to other types of experience. I think there's this idea that it's an easy job and anybody can do it. Um, you know, because there's so many of them available. Um, and actually, my mum, she's a, um, a branch manager for a similar type of environment to where I work, a charity that supports, you know, homeless people. And, you know, she regularly recruits people who want to, you know, have a job as a support worker. And she's, you know, told me that one of the biggest reasons people don't get the job, even in the first place, um, is that they think it's easy. They think that there are no skills in particular that you're going to need. But yeah, there's a lot of resilience involved and you have to, your heart has to be in the right place. You actually have to have a uh, positive regard for the people that you will be working with. 
um, and are understanding that they're so, so like, there's a good chance that they're so, so different to you that they're just not going to handle situations in the same way that you would. So, yeah. Yeah, I just thought, I think, yeah, it's a very much um, an underestimated role. Um, yeah. And it does teach you the different types of challenges people experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And even... I realize, you know, even the people that are very compassionate and they, you know, they do have their hearts in the right place. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. So it could, it could be a case of burnout. It could be a case of uh, what they call uh, compassion fatigue and things like that. So it could just be that, you know, a lot of people um, struggle to do it long term just because of how much, how emotionally draining perhaps it can mm. be, you know, if you're doing it full time for even just a couple months. What do you um what do you what do you enjoy about the role? Um I really enjoy the fact that I get to work with people who are from different backgrounds. I have this opportunity to interact with people that I've never interacted with before and I do think it helps you become a more open-minded person, you know, hopefully one day I do become a psychologist. I would I can see this being the reason that I can understand, you know, there are different people from different walks of life. I would have not met these people that I'm working with in school. I would have not met these people in school because, you know, I've been to a certain type of school from a certain part of London where these people may not have been, you know, they may have not had that type of education before and things like that. So this is a, a good opportunity for, for me to just become a, a little bit more open-minded um, I like working with my team, you know, um, I feel very fortunate to have really supportive um, colleagues and things like that within my role, which I understand not all support worker roles may may be like that or may involve that. But I really do appreciate that. You know, it's a big reason why I'm happy to come into work every day, even if, you know, something is going to kick off, like, oof, who knows what's going to happen. Um, what else do I like about my job? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's mainly it. The sense of community, you know, like the sense of, you know, like we are one team. I really like that. Um, and we'll work together and try and figure things out, you know. So. I think it's, it's, it's really helpful to listening in because, you know, I'm, I'm taking in, in that sense, like I said, I'd want to employ and, and, and if I was, like I said, in that position to be supported, to be supported, someone like myself, um, so you're, you know, you're in the right place, and you know, you really care about people. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how you go on from this journey, and it'd be quite good, useful to do another podcast, uh, uh, you know, down the line. Yeah, sometimes. Like, well, I've decided that I actually want to be a hairdresser. Scrap all yes. that. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest psychologist, right? Because you know, I mean, that's a clinic in itself, isn't it? People come and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? You know, who knows? Because psychology is going to be diverse. Like, why not? Um, a, a hairdressing psychologist. Why should it be clinical? You know, that's a great idea. <laughs> yes, do it. absolutely. Do that. Yeah. But, because barbers, barbers are a big thing in, in our communities. I mean, yeah, because it's a place that we chat, we have a conversation, you know, people make jokes and stuff. Um, so it's a place of human interaction. Um, so who knows? Um, but no, I'm just thinking about like, what do you, what, what's your, 
what's your current goals and at the moment this is the last question um for what's you yeah like uh, complete the masters and what do you want to do next or what's your plan next we've not thought that far ahead we can see how it goes the plan is to not fail the master's degree to not get kicked out of the placement i've got coming up yeah, like... that would be that would be a start yeah, <laughs> yeah. um it's to pass my probation at work actually um okay. i have only been in this world for six months so perhaps i'm still seeing it with very very tinted glasses actually um maybe that's also my nature because i'm quite an optimist by by nature so i don't know but yeah the first goal is to pass my probation at work um and you know make my make sure my managers don't regret hiring me <laughs> um and then after this support worker role um i'm trying to figure out through research what's the best way to navigate going from a support worker role, potentially to an AP role, an assistant psychologist role, or a research assistant role, because I understand that those are quite competitive, um, yet they're seen as, you know, the golden standard of the type of experience they want for anybody who wants to do their doctorate in psychology. So I'm still trying to figure that out, um, what that would mean for me, there are certain work opportunities within the organization I work at that I'm trying to explore. So, yeah, the next goal is to figure out what types of roles I would apply for after this, because I don't I don't really have a, a good picture of that yet. And I'm still looking into it. Yeah, I don't know. I really like the answer. I think it's you're right. Like, you know, um, exploring options, not um, it's not fixed. It's like, well, we'll, we'll see how it goes i mean this is yeah this is kind of the things that we exp might be expected but who knows maybe worth doing a podcast about um yeah. Uh, yeah one down the line um so this is where basically um i hand over the mic to you but um and you can leave a few words of encouragement or your thoughts um to the audience whatever you feel uh, but just before i do that i just want to say thank you for so much for coming on to this podcast and you know and sharing your insights so the mic is over to you. Allow me to even talk on your podcast. <laughs> you know, I can be. Thank you very much too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the micro microphone's over yeah. to you. Whatever you want to share, go for it. Hmm. Words of in encouragement or advice. Um. So for anyone who wants to go down the road of psychology, I think the first thing that I would kind of advice is that you are fully aware of what what they want from someone who wants to become a psychologist you know the type of qualifications you need how long it will take um because if you're an optimist like me you may see things from a very like rose tinted kind of perspective um so making sure you've got that thorough research out of the way trying to think about you know whether this is something that is in line with your personal values as a person is this do you think that it's important to help people in this way in life um or do you think that there are other things that you'd rather do um and really just just weigh up your options just because the road to psychology is so difficult i'm not even completely there yet but i know it's so difficult um and i'm sure you would say the same Joel. um that you don't want to be easily knocked off your feet because you didn't see in hindsight that you know what i just don't actually have enough passion for this 
Like, I don't think I care that much. It was a nice idea in my head, but I'd rather do this. So I'd rather, you know, go into some other field of work. And it's okay to change your mind. It's absolutely okay to be in the middle of that psychology degree and go, you know what? I want to do marketing. What is this? It's completely fine. Um, and a good thing about um, psychology degrees is the fact that it is broad. You can apply it to different, you know, working environments, things like that. Um, so I guess that would be the first piece of advice. And if you're sure, yes, I really want to do psychology. I've thought about it. Um, I would encourage you to keep pushing on because there are so many people that you don't see and you don't know who feel exactly like you. They want to get there, but they feel like they don't know the right people that are going to help them or they feel like they're never going to get the right experience or they're never going to this, they're never going to that. You know, good things take time. So, you know, if this is something you really care about, just be prepared to spend a good chunk of your, you know, your early adult life trying to pursue this one goal because um, it's what you really want. There'll be several people around you who will tell you, but why? It takes so long to become a psychologist. Why don't you just do this? Or why don't you just do that? Or you've got this hobby. Why don't you go down that route? Um, when you've got your strong reason for why it matters to you, and that's something that can really help you and keep, you know, pushing you forward at, you know, every kind of stumbling block or obstacle. Um, and actually, quick story time. I think one of the first times that I was, you know, learning about clinical psychology, I was at a careers event and it was a psychiatrist that was explaining it to me, um, you know, what clinical psychologists do. And he told me, but you, I wouldn't advise for you, SA, to become a clinical psychologist. Don't become a clinical psychologist. And it was like a blow to my chest. I was like, oh, why? And he was saying, oh, it's because it's too competitive. It's just too competitive. Um, but the truth is, yes, it's too competitive, but as your typical African parents might tell you, the people that eventually become clinical psychologists, do they have two heads? And what that means is, it's like someone out there could do it and what makes them better than you? You just keep working at your craft. You don't know enough information, read books around it, ask people, ask around, just keep going, hustling, hustling, hustling. Um, because the people that do get there, they're, they're not superior to you. They're not better than you. So you just need to keep working and keep going. You'll get there eventually. So, yeah. Available on all podcast platforms. This is the Psychology Cast, the podcast that interviews unique individuals on why they do what they do.